right, everyone. Good morning. Let's stand and let's worship the Lord. Welcome Church Online, too. Here we are. 
great to know God's a mighty warrior, right? Who am I that the highest king would welcome me? I was lost, but he brought me in for his love for me. For his love for me.
at this time, our children are going to head to our Sunday school, um, our Shoreline Haven Kids Ministry. Everybody else just kind of wave at somebody and say, good seeing you in church today. There we go. I thought I was going to preach in the dark today. It's all right. I do that every week, don't I, in some way, um, metaphorically. Um, all right. So um, today we're going to um, touch on our prayer list. Uh, today I um, have a couple prayers here that we want to lift up. Um, Sarah uh, Mullen asked for prayers for uh, Rig. Um, he has a procedure coming up Tuesday the 8th at noon to receive another injection to relieve from uh, pain from pinched nerves resulting from spinal stenosis. So we want to go ahead and lift um, Rig in your prayers and Sarah as well. Also, uh, Karen Verde asked for prayers for uh, Nathan and Amy Klein. Nathan is her um, brother-in-law. And Nathan was admitted to the hospital with the pneumothorax on his right lung. And the doctors found a hole in the lung as well. And so he has a chest tube inserted to relieve pressure and uh, to inflate, hopefully, properly. Um, And so be praying for Amy her sister, as she is uh, staying at the hospital with him to help him through this process. Also, we want to continue to lift up Jeff Castillo, uh, who we mentioned the other other week, who had been de- in the hospital with COVID pneumonia. Um, he is um, he, Jeff is um, still in the hospital. He's uh, responding and doing um, well in that area, but his lungs are shot. And he's waiting a double lung transplant. So he can't leave the hospital until that happens. So continue to lift Jeff in your prayers. Um, during all this, all this, um, this time, um, so we want to continue to lift them in your prayers. All right. If you have a prayer request um, and you're here, you can go ahead and fill it out here, or you can go ahead and you can also do it online as well. So we make sure that gets out on our prayer requests, and you can do that through the web, um, havencc.org, um, or just in person or whatever have you. Okay. So let's go to Lord in prayer now. Heavenly Father, we come to you today once again, just praising your name and giving you. Uh, just asking for your Holy Spirit to do something um, new and amazing in our lives. And so, God, um, we are right now coming to you in this time of prayer, um, and we want to thank you. A lot of times we come to you in need, but we want to go ahead and, and praise you for who you are. Um, and we just want to, uh, we know that each one of us has, has something um, that misses the mark, that stuff that um, you have a, a better life planned for us. And, um, and all, a lot of times, God, we don't seek that. Uh, I, I love that we started today with uh, you're a mighty warrior because we need a mighty warrior um, in this world through the power of your Holy Spirit. And because of that mighty warrior, God, um, we get to know who we are uh, in you because you are, you are the one who defines our identity as we talked about a little bit last week. And so, God, we ask for your, um, your healing um, and your, 
to be upon both uh, Rig Mullen as he's going to have this procedure. Um, and for Nathan and Amy Klein, for Nathan who is going through um, these and many things, we've prayed for him before. And, um, and so uh, we just ask that uh, the medical staff um, just administer your healing to him and that Amy will be strengthened by your Holy Spirit and just, um, just by uh, the prayers of many others. Also for Jeff, um, who, is, uh, who is facing um, since Christmas this um, horrific nature of COVID. Um, and God, we, just, um, we, we recognize that within lung transplants, that means someone else has given their life. And that is, um, that is in, the, uh, in the sake of the gospel, that God, you know, we pray that you have the right donor for him and that, um, that you go ahead and bring healing and restoration to his body. And to so many others that we can't even begin to scratch the surface of who um, have just suffered um, horrifically and have gone way too soon because of this horrific disease. We still pray, even though we don't do it like we did before. Um, God, we still pray for you to eradicate COVID-19 from the world and that you bring uh, peace and restoration with you as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And for this and all things, God, we want to give you praise and glory and honor that whatever we, we say, um, you know, we, we got to do churchy terms and say, hey, we want to bring praise. But what is that, God? We, we just want to give you the worth that you deserve when we come to worship. And uh, we fail in that so often. So God, here we are. I just pray that we'll just um, empty ourselves out of whatever has us bogged down, whatever has us distracted. But ultimately, that, um, that we may be filled with your Holy Spirit, that we can do what you have called us to do and live that life and purpose that you've called each of us to do and collectively. And we ask this and claim this in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. Everybody says... Amen. Amen. All right. Um, we're going to have some announcements that come up in a little bit. Um, but I do want to say that um, um, next week is Paris Foundation. There's still uh, oh, two weeks. Two weeks. And we um, still have 63 um, that, uh, um, bag lunches and things that we need to have. And you guys are always awesome. I don't doubt that that's going to be uh, plus. But I just wanted to give that update. Okay. Let's take a look at some of the announcements here today.
All right, so several things going on, um, which is good, and you can see some uh, different studies and things that um, get opportunity for people to get together. Up here, you can see our QR code for our bulletin. If you um, want to go ahead and do that electronically, just go ahead and pull out your smartphone, and which makes us dumber, um, and then go ahead and um, bring up the camera, just hold down on it, and then it'll take you there. And I know s- several people um, like that uh, digital copy, um, so that's, that's there. Um, again, uh, this is our last week of our short series here. Um, and so, but next week we're going to be begin a series um, called um, a series called Creed, and um, I want to show you a little bit about what we're going to talk about beginning next week. I believe in God the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary. Suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended to hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended to heaven. And sits on the right hand of the Father Almighty. From whence he shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. I'm excited about this one. Many of you might remember some of that uh, was said, the Apostles' Creed. How many of you grew up saying the Apostles' Creed in your, in your church at some point? And some, some variation of them, um, f- several different variations of them. Some of you have been raised in United Methodism. You went, he descended to where? Um, you know, because that's one that is in there. Um, it is biblical, so we're going to talk about all that. That will lead us up right until um, Easter. So we will um, we'll celebrate Easter and um, Good Friday and all that kind of stuff. Um, Easter is April 17th this year. So, um, but that'll lead us up to that time. And I think it's uh, more than just uh, the creeds in the early church were geared to get people to know what they believed. They didn't have Google. Um, they, didn't, um, they didn't even have a lot, of, a lot of things written down because it cost so much to, uh, for paper and for printing um, and other things. So they had to learn what they believed in these creeds. And many people believe this is probably the oldest creed. Um, there's another, some other famous ones, the Nicene Creed and other things like that. But we're going we're gonna, to um, hunker down in the Apostles' Creed for a little bit, and um, you guys will get to, to know it really, really well. Um, and not just to say something, but to, to, to feel it and to believe in it. Um, first, the first three words, I believe in. Um, and so it's easy to believe, but it's more important to believe in something. And so I think this is really important in church today. Okay? How you doing? Everybody good? All right, so um, it was cold this morning, huh? Um, it was. So uh, okay, so um, we are in week two of um, of our series, uh, tr- uh, True Reward, and um, today what I want to do, I want to kind of wrap this up, and um, we're going to talk about why can I not change? Why can I not change? And um, let me, I want to ask you a couple questions to start off. Uh, do you ever wonder why? 
we want to make significant changes um, into our lives, and we try and we try and we try to change, but often we can't. Or it may go on for a little bit, and then it stops. You mean you, you have this desire, but then it goes ahead and stops. Anybody ever frustrated with that in your life? You try something and try something, and then, then it, goes, it goes ahead. Um, and today what I want to do, I want to share a powerful truth, what I believe from the Scripture, um, that may give you like a, a, new, uh, a new look and an adjustment in the way we think that may help us ch- do those things and change our lives. Um, because once you live as long as I do, uh, I have, you, you kind of get depressed at the fact of the things that you want to do. Like the Apostle Paul says, what I want to do, I don't do, but what I, uh, what I don't want to do, that's what I end up doing. And so you, you end up having this. Like you say, hey, uh, just a quick question. How many of you ever said, hey, I'm going to go on a diet? And I'm going to eat better. Um, how many when that like fifth donut, like we talked about last week, passed by, you're like, I'm, eh, just a little bit. You know, we, we, we fail those things. Or we do it for a while, and then we, we get off of that. And so I don't know about you, but a lot of times the changes I want to make are often day, day after day, month after month, and year after year. Um, they keep repeating themselves. And I say, hey, I'd like to, and then I end up, here I am again. And, and New Year kind of, you know, people, it's shown that people have stopped giving New Year's resolutions more so because they feel they don't work. Um, and so if you try to make changes that you want, and if you've, if you've tried to make them, and you succeed for a day or two or three or four, um, but then we fall back into the same pattern. Um, and this is why some people don't do New Year's resolutions. However, if you made a New Year's resolution and you are still doing it, I want to let you know, 80% of New Year's resolutions end up falling apart and failing by the second week of February. It's 80% of them. And uh, when you get to the middle of the year, I mean, most people are not. There's a very minute point of that. And so what we're going to do, we're going to look in God's Word today. Um, we're going to talk about why, number one, we're going to talk about why we, f- we don't change and why it's difficult for us to change in those areas. And then we're going to look in God's Word and see how can we make those adjustments. How can we begin to change? Okay? Um, so uh, when, when we often try to start something, we go ahead and we fall into these same similar patterns time and time again. Some of us may want to stop certain things. Like, we want to make, I'm, I'm going to stop overeating. You know, I'm, I'm going to stop. You ever know how, like, every Thanksgiving you say, I'm only going to eat this. And then you, like, you feel like a swelled up tick. You know what I mean? Um, and uh, you go to those things. I'm, I'm going to stop uh, overeating. I've met many, many people who probably one of the most difficult things to ever stop doing is smoking. People say, I'm going to stop smoking, and that is just extremely, extremely difficult. Um, I'm going to stop criticizing people unjustly. Anybody said, I'm just going to, I'm going to, if I don't have anything good to say, I'm not going to say anything at all until the first bit of gossip comes your way, um, and then you want, to, you want to say something, and you get sucked right back into these habits that we wanted to avoid. Or maybe we want to start something. We want to go ahead and start something. We want to pray regularly. We want to read our Bible daily. We want to start exercising. That's a big one. Uh, how many of you ever started exercising or said, I'm going to start exercising and do something like that, okay? Um, some of you are like, I ain't exercising. I want some more of those donuts. Um, but um, we do it for a little while, then we skip a day, and then we don't feel well, and the next thing you know, we're kind of laying in the bed, and like, ah, it's too late now. And then we're like, I'll go after work, and then work comes. You're like, that's been a long day at work, and I'm going to go home, and you end up home. And it just happens time and time again. I don't know what it may be for you. you may, but the one thing that I can tell you, the reason why that we deal with this is because we're trying, you're trying, you're trying, you're trying to start, you're trying to stop, you're trying, you're trying, you're trying, you're trying, you're trying. 
you may be trying to say, you know what, I'm going to manage uh, money, uh, my finances better. I'm going to be wise financially. I'm going to get a debt. And then eventually you get tired of it and you want to eat out or you want to go ahead and, and buy that thing that is like dangling, uh, like that carrot in front of you. And you're like, oh, I want that. The shiny thing that I talked about the other week. We, we, we just say, okay, enough. And I want to go ahead and grab it. And we give up. So why is it that we do that? So today's title is, why can I, I not, why can I not change? And that's where we're going to head most of this day. So from our, our declaration from last week is simply this. It says, with God's help, we will choose what we want most over what we want now. Remember that from last week? With God's help, again, we need God's help in this. Um, we will choose what we want most over what we want now. And uh, say that with me real quick. With God's help, we will choose what we want most over what we want now. And we were kind of talking that it, it takes a while for things. It's a journey that we've got to build up here. And so today, the uh, Apostle Paul begins to ask a question. We're, we're staying in him for this, this short series. And um, the Apostle Paul begins to share something, and then we're going to unpack that the rest of the time. And here's what he says. So you look up here in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Here's the beginning of the 24th verse. Don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize? Okay. He says, if, so he says, um, so run to win. So if you're going to run, how does he want you to run? To win. Run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training, and they do it for a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. We do it for something that's internal. Um, One that glorifies God and one that lasts forever. So then Paul says this. He says, when I run, I run with, what is that word? Purpose Purpose in every step. I am not just shadow boxing. I got to tell you something. I have never lost a shadow boxing match in my life. Ever. Ever. You know why? Because I ain't fighting nothing. Okay? Uh, and, And so Paul says, you know, I'm not just out there going like this. I remember back when I was a kid. Um, some of you remember this. In the early days of Iron Mike Tyson. Remember that? I remember my friend said, we were watching a movie on a uh, VHS. Okay, kids, ask your parents. Uh, or grandparents at this stage. Um, and we were watching that. And my friend said, hey, on ABC's Wide World of Sports. Um, and some of you are old enough to remember that. Where that guy fell down the hill all the time. Um, that... Mike Tyson, this new guy Mike Tyson is on there. And it'll probably only take about a half an hour, an hour, hour. Let's watch him. He turned it off. Here comes Iron Mike Tyson with that cut-off sweatshirt down there. I don't know what slub he was fighting. He went in the ring. Ding, ding, ding. Boom. Guy drops. End of fight. I was like, okay, turn the movie back on. Same thing with when he fought, uh, was it Michael Spinks? People, some of you may have been like me and my friends, you paid a lot of money for pay-per-view to watch somebody go out in 91 seconds. He was, that, Spinks trained, Spinks was ready, but Mike Tyson was a complete monster at that time in that uppercut. He just waited his time and, and hit. And so what, what I'm saying, what Paul's saying here is, you know, I'm not just shadow boxing, you know. I, you know, Michael Spinks was never knocked out by any shadow but he was knocked out by Mike Tyson because Mike Tyson at the time disciplined his body. Paul says, I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Okay? So hold on to this metaphor because this is an important metaphor. 
Paul was talking to an audience, and the audience he was talking to, what book is this from? What, what section of scripture? What is it? Corinthians. So who's he talking to? The Corinthians. There we go. Good. Um, the Corinthian people. And the Corinthians, there was a church that was there, and it was a very powerful area. Corinth was a, a, a very big area um, in the ancient Greek um, Greco-Roman world. And so um, the people in Corinth were here, and Paul would have understood what they were saying. So he's, he's talking to, to Corinth, the Corinthians, and every four years, just like it's happening right now, um, there was the Greek Olympics. That's where it all started, every four years, the Olympics. And so people from all over the known Roman world would go ahead and compete in the Olympics in, in Greece. Um, but also in Corinth, they had their, their own little local version, which was a lot, more, a lot smaller, and it was, um, it was called the Isthmian. Uh, it sounds like I'm, I'm lisping, but the Isthmian um, Games. And it was a smaller version of that. And um, they had very specific competitions. And um, if you were born in Corinth, you could compete and train to be a wrestler. Okay, that was one of the things that was in them. Uh, you can compete in chariot races, which I think they should bring back. Wouldn't that be really cool, a chariot race? I would, I would pay to see a chariot race. I mean, I think that's kind of cool. Um, uh, and then um, you could compete in boxing. Okay, they didn't have the padded gloves. It was bare fist, okay? Uh, they had those. Um, and then you could actually complete, uh, compete, believe it or not, in um, these Isthmian games, um, in poetry reading contests. Like, you guess you get the gold in poetry reading, all right? Now, um, this may surprise you as, as you look at me. I'm not going to make fun of poetry reading because I was always not this cool, in my life. I was cool in other ways in my life, um, and I'm going to share some of those with you. Um, I had few, when I was looking back at my young life, I had a few of my proudest moments. Um, one of my proudest moments in elementary school, we would put on plays, and I had, um, I, I had one, one of the things I remember doing was I was able to lip sync and dance to the song Purple People Eater. Well, I saw the thing coming out of the sky. Yeah, it won't be, it won't be. Right? Remember this? Okay. I, I did that, and that was fun. Um, and I did some other things there. I also was Linus in You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown. And I sang the song, My Blanket and Me. All right? It is recorded. Um, <laughs> and um, we have it. Um, I should have brought it, but no, I don't want to embarrass myself anymore. Um, but um, I, and, and one of the cool things that I did, I, I played trumpet, but then they needed a baritone player, so I played baritone. I was the first chair baritone in all-county uh, band in middle school. See, I told you I was cool in other ways. And then, here you go. I was, during sixth grade, we had a poetry unit in... Um, in, in school, and I had Mrs. McMillian, and some of you might remember her, and um, I, we had to put this poetry unit together. I, mine, I put a, a whole poetry thing together. Mine was called E.T. Poems, and I drew a little E.T. and put it on there. It was called Extra Terrific Poems. Isn't that awesome? Um, and, and we had to recite a poem by memory, and I did really, really well and was, I got A's and everything. It was really recognized. I successfully did a dramatic poetry reading of the great poem, Wee Willie Winky. Anybody ever heard of it? I didn't until my mom gave it to me. And so it starts with Wee Willie Winky runs through the town, 
Upstairs and downstairs, in his nightgown, tapping at the window, crying at the lock. Are the children in bed for it's past 10 o'clock? Is he like a creeper or something here? You know, he's running around in his nightgown. This is what I did when I was, you know, I mean, who knows what we really doing. But anyway, and it went on and on. And here I was. I performed this in a night, long night shirt and a, and a night hat. And I was doing this. And I was knocking. And I was, you know, I know, it, I know you're shocked right now that, you know, we, you're, some of you are like, we Willie, huh? Um, so yeah, that's what I did. Um, so so if I w- what I was saying is I, if I grew up in Corinth, I could have competed in the Isthmian Games in poetry reading and been we Willie Winky might have got me a bronze or something. Who knows? But um, Paul was talking to a group of people that really understood um, the value of competition and uh, celebrated the thrill of victory. Let me ask you, how many of you are very competitive? Who's competitive in here? Like... Like, I mean, you will make games out of whatever, okay? I, I, like, our, we realized our whole family is very competitive. When, um, after Jacob's graduation, we got this insane deal and went to Mexico, and we got to be there for two weeks. And, and you know, um, it, it's always great when you're excited to go for two weeks, and your kids are like, two weeks? I'm like, hey, you guys can go home. Mom and I will stay. Um, but, uh, you know, it was, it was really fun, and we, we had been there um, before and had met some of the people that were still there. And so what happened is, if you've ever been to these, um, these resorts, they have, like, a, an entertainment staff um, that they, they want to get you um, active in doing things. Anybody been to one of these things? Um, and so uh, they were like wanting to get us active in all kinds of, of things that they would do. Um, one time they had this, uh, this folding towel thing that you would start on a regular size towel and then they would yell stuff out and you had a partner, a guy and a girl. And so Melissa and I did it and Rachel and Jacob did it and there was all these other people from around the world. And, um, and so what would happen is they'd yell out something and you had... And, and Melissa had to either jump up and I'd hold her this way, I'd hold her around me here, or um, I had to get down on like all fours and she had to sit on my back. I mean, it was really one of these things. We didn't care what they were doing. We were like, we're going to win this thing. And, um, and so we, we were going through this and they keep folding the towel. So at the end, I'm standing on my tiptoes and I'm holding Melissa like this, all right? And I look over, there was three of us left, um, three couples left, me and Melissa, a group from Spain, and Jacob and Rachel. And I look at Melissa, and we look at each other and say, oh, we ain't losing to our kids. Ain't no way. And, um, and this is all true, uh, 100% true. And so then uh, the Spanish people, adios, they left. Um, they, they, they stepped out of the towel, and we were like, and they, they would call them out quick, so you had to do this. And we're like, no, we're not going to lose. And, of course, Melissa and I won, okay, because uh, we're going to do that. We don't care whether we're, you know, 105 years old. We're going to win. And so we did that. This started to go on through everything else. They had a competition on, uh, on movies. They would say something, what's the name of the movie? And I am the fountain of useless information. So I was like, boom. They, they immediately would give people like 100 points because I was getting all these things because I just, I got to win. We have this nature of got to win. Melissa and I, we were winning all these things. They were giving us all these little swim with the dolphins. We were handing them out to people. There were so many after, after um, weeks and weeks and weeks and t-shirts and even like bottles of tequila. What do you do with t- 17 bottles of tequila? I'm not lying. Um, and so, uh, you know, this is how it was. We didn't care what it was. You could give us like, like those dumb prizes that you get at um, Chuck E. Cheese. We didn't care. We just wanted to win. Win, win, win. So then we went on, just to tell you this kind of goes through our family, um, we, were on, we went on a, one of those pirate dinner cruises, which was really kind of cool, and another pirate ship comes up, they're fighting and all stuff, and we were there. And Hannah was uh, a lot younger, and they decided to have a musical chairs. 
And so they're playing musical chairs. And it comes down to Hannah and this one girl, this one uh, girl from Mexico. And they're running around. They're running around. The music, the music stops, and I have it on video. I should have pulled it up. Hannah runs, sprints, slides, and stiff arms the girl, <laughs> sits down, and goes, Woo! I look at Melissa, and she goes, I think we're all a little competitive, you know? I mean, that's just, I, I want to win at everything. When Rachel's first started volleyball, they had it at the end against, um, against the parents. I'm like, I, I haven't played volleyball much of my life, but guess what? I'm going to put something in somebody's face, you know? I mean, and, and that's it. Now I'm never going against her because she'll kill me, you know? But I... That's, that's what we do. We compete and we want to win. It's just something that I want to have, and I do. And Paul says this Don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but one person gets the prize? So if you're going to run, what are you going to do? You're going to run to what? Run to win. Run to win. Now, how many of you, um, I'm just curious, how many of you love to win? Who likes to win? Who, who, there you go. All right. Um, some people may say, well, you know, Jack, we're Christians, and you really shouldn't be competitive. I don't think you're very pastorly by competing. You know, you should just be more loving. I will after I win. Um, but, um, <laughs> but one of the things we need to learn is that uh, I want to tell you, we need to be competitive because I believe that Christians are not, are not guilty of being competitive. I believe we're, um, we're, we're guilty of laying down and letting the world and all stuff win, because we are in a spiritual battle. And we serve the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And we are called more than conquerors. Um, and we have victory in Christ Jesus. And I don't know about you, but if I am playing anything, like I said, I like to stand at the end of the time with the winners. And the winner that I know, at the end of all this, his name is Jesus, and I want to stand with him. And so Paul didn't say, you know, just run to... To finish, you know, like I remember, and, and just run to, to place and have fun. I remember back in the day where they have field day, and I'm dragging somebody along with me in a three-legged race, you know? Um, you know, now everybody wins. That's not how it works. You know, not, Jesus said, not everybody who says to me, Lord, Lord, will inherit the kingdom of God. So that tells us some people who are running this race in life are not running to win it with Jesus. Paul says we run to win, not just to show up. Not just to play, not just to have a participation medal, not just to be Mr. Congeniality. If you don't, okay, so if you don't like the Apostle Paul, see, you're like, okay, yeah, this guy's way back when, um, then I'm going to give you two other famous theologians. Here's our first theologian. His name is Ricky Bobby. <laughs> right? And Ricky Bobby gave us this. From his dad, if you ain't first, you're last. Somebody's like, who's that? Talladega Nights. Well, it's hilarious. Um, so Ricky Bobby is there. If you're not first, you're last. And then let's go even older school. We'll go old school. Um, Epictetus, who is an ancient Greek philosopher. And he said this about these races, the Olympics and the Isthmian races. He would have known about this. Look at what he says here. He says, now, this is if you, tra if you trained and you're ready, and then you, at the last second, you just stop. He said, if you withdraw without sufficient reason, you will be whipped. And this whipping comes after your training. 
So, so what they do, if you drop out, they say, okay, we're going to go put you back in training. So you're going to go into training, and then we're going to whip you. What does the training consist of? The training consists of, which involves thirst and broiling heat and swallowing handfuls of sand. I ain't quitting because I don't like sand. I don't want sand in my body. This is what they would do. It doesn't seem like anybody's having two-a-days practices, you know, like where you got to rest and heat acclimatization. They don't care. You quit. You get to go ahead, be in the heat, and have thirst, and you get to have sand pies in your mouth. And this is where they go. So there's, what Paul's saying is everybody who participates in these games knows this, and they don't want that. So they compete to win. They compete to win. And so what I want to say is don't rationalize away the joy of honoring God with your best. If you're going to run, run to win. When you look at Scripture, it's filled with so many different things. If you look at the Garden of Eden, the Garden of Eden, God says to Adam and Eve, be fruitful and multiply. Go and fill the earth and subdue it. In other words, reproduce, conquer it, go out, kill something, bring it home, eat it, build something. If you're going to be on this earth, do something with this earth that God has given you. In Matthew 25, um, Jesus' parable, he tells this parable about an owner, a master, a manager, who has three different guys, and he's given them some talents. Um, that's not like he gave them skills to sing and dance. He gave them money. That's what it would have been today. And two of these guys, after the master left, they went out to compete. They went out to play to win. And so they invested what they had. They multiplied it and doubled their investment. When the master came back to the house, he said, well done, good and faithful servants. You, what you've been given, you took it and you made more with. One guy was so afraid that he didn't even show up on the field. He kept what he had. He buried it. He didn't invest it at all. And the master looked at him and didn't just call him lazy, but he said, you wicked, lazy servant. In other words, he said, what he ended up doing, he said, take away what you had and give to the other ones who came to play. God wants us to, to play. And Jesus, the last thing he said before he went to heaven, he said, he looked at his disciples and he said, go into all the world, preach the gospel, make disciples, baptize people in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You notice what he did not say? He didn't say, you know what? Go ahead and sleep in. Go ahead and be mediocre. Go ahead and do the least you can in this game of life and this game uh, that we call your faith in, Jesus, in, in me, uh, in, in your Christian faith. He didn't say, just, you know, don't, just check the card for the week and go on. No, no. He said, um, don't waste your life with stuff that doesn't matter. Show, don't just show up for a participation trophy so that I can add into the obituary that you're a member of Haven Community Church. Be somebody who people know that you were in this whole thing to win it, is what Jesus said. Because we said this a few weeks ago, in everything that we do, remember Wild at Work? Everything that we do, do it as if we're doing it to the Lord. And so don't justify away the joy of bringing your best for God. Paul says, if you're going to run, run to win. So how come I'm not making the changes I want to? How come you're not making the changes you want to? I'm going to give you the answers from, from uh, Scripture, and the truth may change your life because of why we haven't been changing. The first thing, and this is on in your bulletin, is because you've been trying way too long. You've been trying for too long. Think about it. Think about this. Um, most Christians have adopted the theology of trying. I'm trying to serve God. I'm, I'm trying to be a, a better Christian. 
I'm trying to go to church. I'm trying to read my Bible regularly. Or something different. I'm trying to stop smoking. I'm trying to stop cursing. I'm trying to be nice to my kids. I'm trying to be more loving. I'm trying not to worry so much. I'm trying not to eat the whole thing. I'm trying to exercise. I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying. I'm trying to do the best I can. I'm trying to be the best I can. I'm trying not to be so critical. I'm trying not to think hateful thoughts. I'm trying not to lose my temper. I'm trying not to... to um, I'm, I'm trying not to worry all the time. I'm trying to spend more time with my family. I'm trying not to be out of debt. I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying. Why you're not changing is simply this, because you've been trying too long. It's time to change your strategy. What is that strategy? You need to stop trying and start training. Stop trying and start training. Why? Because here's the third thing. Trying never achieves consistent results. Training does. Trying never, uh, never does anything. Training does. Trying doesn't change anything for long. It will for a little bit. But training is an entirely different mindset and perspective. So let's talk about this difference for uh, a few moments. So what do you do when you're trying? In other words, what is trying? And this is the fourth blank on your, on your sheet. What do you do when you're trying? Trying is an attempt to change with minimal commitment. Think about that again. When you try to do something, it's with minimal commitment. So if you said to your kids, hey, did you clean your room? I'm trying. What's your response going to be? Do. And if you don't like your room that mess, I got some training in the laundry room that you can do. Because guess what? You're going to learn how to get it done if, you have, if you're doing a lot more, okay? Um, so what, what I'm saying is, is trying is just a half-hearted commitment. I'm, I'm trying to be, I'm trying, I'm, I'm just trying. Like people's body language. People never say, whoo, I'm trying to get better. They just say, eh, I'm trying. Like this, you know what I mean? We just, it, our body language tells on us. So what are you doing? Well, I'm, I'm trying to start to be a nice person. I'm trying until somebody ticks me off. Then I'm going, ah, I tried. I am who I am. I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to read my Bible regularly. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm, I'm trying not to be so lazy. I'm trying to do better in school. How do you do better in school, teachers? You do the work. You actively do the work. Um, I think, like, yeah, I, I remember when I was teaching one of the, most amazing things to me was somebody would show up for every single class and hand nothing in and wonder why they failed. It was like, I get a grade by osmosis. I mean, I don't, I don't know what, what that's about. I'm trying. I'm here. I'm trying. Um, I, I'm trying to get into better shape. But when you're trying, it al almost always sets us up to plan to fail. Always. Um, there's no real commitment. So if I try... I tried. And there's, there's like this justification that eh, I tried, so yay. We didn't talk about it. I gave it the old college try. We talk about this all the time. Because trying is just a hope. It's a wish. And, I'm, you know, here we go. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and, and I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do better, but it, I'm, I'm going to try to do better. 
I'm trying, but I'm not getting anywhere. It's a half-hearted attempt at changing with minimal commitment. But what is training? What is training? Training is very, very different. Training is number five on here. Training is a wholehearted commitment to achieve a specific result. The difference, again, between trying and training is this. Trying is you just show up and hope for a better result. I hope this works out. I'm, I'm trying to do it. Training is you've got a game plan. You've got a strategy. You've got some fight in you. You've got a purpose behind it. You've got the eye of the tiger. You're like, you're like Ralph Macchio, karate kid, old school. You know what I mean? You're Cobra Kai, new. Anybody watch those? They're amazing shows. Um, also, and you're, you're coming to play. You're coming to win is what you're doing. You're not just trying. You're training. There's something intentional behind it. There's a focus. There's a clear vision. There's a purpose. You know, at the gym, if you want to get healthier, often who do you hire? What is it? You're not hiring a trier? You hire a trainer. And you know, what I realized when, when I had, had a trainer for a long while, that I would go meet and weigh in with him on, um, you know, every, every Friday. I wanted the results, but I was like, he's going to yell at me if I don't have this right, and he's massive, and I don't want him to break me in half. You know, and, and you know what? I paid him to give me that stress. Why? Because my goal was to get in better shape. That was the ultimate goal. I had a purpose. I had a vision. Um, I could only eat once a week what I really, really wanted to do, and I did. Pizza, cheesesteaks, you know, everything. Oh, we need ice cream to wash all this whole stuff down. I did it all, and the rest of the week, boom, training. Trainer, 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 trainer. Not a trier. If I had a trier and I go and I say, and he says, ah, your, your, um, your weight's up 10 pounds. Oh, really? Ah, well, you tried. See you next week. What am I going to do next week? It's going to be 20 pounds. You know, there's an accountability that's here when you're training. When you're, when you're trying, you give up when it gets hard. I tried. You quit when you don't feel like it. I'm so nervous, I need a cigarette. But I thought you were quitting. Yeah, yeah, but just this one. You, know, you see what I mean? Um, and this is what we do in every area of our lives when we're trying. When you're training, you don't act according to your feelings. There are days I wake up, I do not want to go to the gym. There are days I am standing in the gym. Some days you're like, yes, this is awesome. Give me weights. Uh, you know, other days you're like, I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't, I don't, I don't want to do cardio today. It's awful. It's just boring. And, you know, I don't want to do that. Oh, yeah, and you get to the list of, of your workouts, you're like, eh. You're like having this conversation with yourself. I may just skip that one today. Nobody else. You have this conversation um, that happens. Um, you don't live according to your feelings. You act accordingly to your commitment. There's a really big difference here. Is this talking to anybody here today? Anybody, anybody getting, getting what we're saying? Anybody? You know, check the pulse of the person next to you. Just make sure they're alive. Um, in 1 Corinthians 9.25, the Apostle Paul says this. He says, everyone who competes in the games, they go into strict training. Everybody who does that. Instead of trying to get ready to compete, they go into strict training. This is pretty awesome because the word that is translated as training in, in Greek is agonizomai. Agonizomai. Say that five times real fast. Agonizomai. It's where we get our term agony. Um, it's, I, like when I'm, when I'm leaving the gym and somebody is walking in, they say, how are you? I say, I am awesome. I'm done. 
You know, I feel better, but some of those times it's agony. You know, it's, it's agony in there. Here's what it means. It means to contend for victory, to strain every nerve toward a goal, every single nerve toward a goal. Trying, again, is half-hearted. Training takes every bit of power you have, and even some power that you don't have, which comes from heaven. And we strain every nerve toward the goal, which God has called us for. All right? And when an athlete went in to compete in the Olympic or the Espanol Games, um, it was a 10-month strict training. Uh, it was an intentional, rigorous regimen, very strict diet, no wine or alcohol, no, no kind of junk food. They would run a certain amount of, of time during the day. They would expose themselves to extreme heat and cold. Um, and ev- evidently, you know, in this whole thing, if they didn't show up, they would eat some sand on the way too, um, as you see this. And, and so they were training to compete. Anybody ever done a, a, a marathon in here? Anybody? Anybody ever? I mean, that... I, I told God, no, I'm never doing that. Um, you did, you would, should have given me a different body if you wanted me to do a marathon. But I have friends who have done marathons, and the training that they go through in, um, in, in the time leading up to it is, is amazing, the stuff they go through, that they have to go through. And it's intentional. You don't just show up for a marathon and say, mm, eating your, you know, Wawa sandwich, and, you know, I'm like, yeah, I'm ready. Let's go. You know, I mean, you'll hate life in about one mile. Um, but there's strict, strict training that goes on in here. They weren't trying to compete. They did. Just imagine, though, if you have gone into lots of training, that, that you're, you're there, and you're, there's lots of training. You're getting ready to do a marathon, and there's the first runner. The first runner who's there um, has gone through very strict training, no junk food, nothing else. That, that Their diet has been so strict. Their workouts, their, um, their running, everything has been geared for months upon months upon months upon months. And looks at the guy next to him and said, hey, what did you do to train? Guy says, I tried, but I didn't get around to it. Um, I mean, you know, I was, I was trying, but, you know, things come up. I was busy. The kids needed things. Uh, work kept calling. Um, I was tired because of all that other stuff, so I just didn't get around to it. I was trying. I didn't get around to it, but I'm here. Who are you putting your money on? Runner number one. You mean you're going to run a marathon and you didn't train for it? Yeah, well, I'm just pretty excited. Run it right number two. Well, at least I get a free T-shirt after this. You know what I mean? That's what I want. If your goal is a free T-shirt, you're going to get that because you paid the money. And it's not free. You paid a lot of money to get it. But if your goal is something else, we need something else. Listen, as a, when you're an athlete, a competitor, when you're fighting for something that matters, when you have a vision, you have a dream, and have a spiritual assignment from heaven, trying apart from training is unthinkable. Paul says we run to win. We want to honor God in this life that we're running with him. We're training to do what God created us to be. And there's a big, big difference between trying and training. Look what the Apostle Paul said to Timothy. Um, Timothy, a young guy. And um, Paul was talking to him in chapter 4. Timothy says this. And Paul says this to Timothy. Train yourself to be godly. He didn't say just go try to be godly. Try to be good. No, he said train yourself. Train yourself. Somebody in the sound of my voice, and I'm preaching to myself all the time, is that we need to stop trying and start training. Particularly when it comes to our faith. We need to get in more more training, get in better spiritual shape. We need a different mindset. So what do we do? How do we train? 
What does it really look like if we're training to let God, um, let God change us into who he wants us to become? What is training? Number six, here it is. Training is doing what I can today to enable me to do even more tomorrow. Let's say that again. Training is doing what I can today to enable me to do more than I can, even to do even more tomorrow, right? That's training. That's training. It's putting in the work now so that later we have, we have the comp- competition, we have the rewards, and we, have, and we run to win. Um, it's constantly doing what I can today to enable me to do even more tomorrow. So what are you doing if you're training for a marathon? How many of you can be a marathon runner today? Anybody? Nope. Um, some of you would say, no way. No way I can today go out there and run a marathon. No way possible. But you know what you can do? Walk a mile a day. And then do a mile and a half tomorrow. Then three miles, two miles. Pick up the pace a little bit. And before you know it, you're running more and more and more. You're five, six, seven. And then you're up in that 21, whatever it is. And before you know it, you're there. You're training. Can you get out of debt by next month? Most people say, nope. No, you can't. But when you're training, you can pack a lunch for work instead of buying sushi every day. You can bring your own coffee instead of going to Dunkin', and that gives you five, six bucks more towards your goal. All right? Can you become a spiritual house by, a spiritual powerhouse by 12 o'clock noon tomorrow? Most people say probably not. But you can open up your Bible app, and you can read God's Word every day letting his living, active, powerful word convince you, shape you, conform you, transform you into the image of a son. It's a process. It's a process. You see, we're not, we're, we're not trying, we're in training. We're doing what we can today to enable us what God wants us to do even more tomorrow. God is giving us the power to take one step at a time. Remember last week we talked about taking a step of faith and how that's wrong for Christians who are taking a step of faith? It's like me going to the, to the race and going, ready, go. I took one. I took another. It, when, we, when we live and keep in step with the Spirit, we are always taking steps of faith. And that's what we're, we're doing here. When we, we come, when we try to become a, a stronger Christian, we're in training We're doing what we can today to do more tomorrow that God wants us to do. And God gives us that one power a step at a time. Before we know it, we're running and we're we're in in a race to win. I love the intentionality of what the Apostle Paul says. He says, so remember this? He says, so I run with, remember that word? Purpose in every step. This isn't accidental. Accidental. It's not unintentional. It's purpose. It's a plan. It's a strategy. I'm in training. When I wake up, I know what I'm called to do today for the kingdom of God. I know what the plan is. Even if I fall back or I'm set back, I still step up and I'm back in training once again. Um, I, I have had times in my life where my, my, uh, my health and weight has gone really, really ballooned up and then really, really skinny and then ballooned up and really, really skinny. When I'm training, I'm in the best shape that I've ever in. Um, and that's just, that's just how it is. My spiritual life, when, when I don't do those disciplines every day, when I don't do the things that God has called me, I, I tell God and I also tell Satan that, hey, I'm just trying this Christian faith today. I'm just trying to do it. 
You know what? I'm, and when I do, when I'm not engaged with God, I'm just trying to get through this life on my own. And Satan says, hot dogs, that's what I want. I want you to try. And that's why he tells you, hey, when you, when you, when you falter and when you fail, that's why he says, see, I told you you're never going to do it. You say, you know what? I'm never going to run a marathon. I've trained and trained, but yet I'm eating bad and I'm doing this. Guess what? I give up. And that's what many people do with the Christian faith. You know, I tried, but then this happened. You know, I, I thought that getting closer to God might, might bless my family more, and we look for, for uh, blessings down here. And we say, I tried it, but I'm done. I tried church, and somebody said something to me. And we get caught up in this trying so much. The bottom line is this. Paul, notice Paul says, he says, I am not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete. And training to do what it should do. I discipline my body like an athlete. Not like somebody who wants to be an athlete. Like someone who's going to be an athlete in the future, but discipline like an athlete right now. It, last week we started talking about identity. We mentioned about identity. Um, who we are. I love the fact today that we really, that, that second song, uh, I am who you say I am. I am who God says I am. There's a lot of people who have a lot of opinions about Jack Cohen. Some are really good, and they're the very intelligent people in life. <laughs> Some of them are, you know, missed on the brain section when it comes to But seriously, there's, there's some people that just have other opinions of me. And for years, I've, I've, I have been somebody who, those opinions mattered to me. I'd have a billion people tell me, hey, you're, you love you, you're just a good person, you're this, 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 that. And one person who says something else, and that set me off. Anybody else with me? And I cared, and I cared, and then people want to say stuff, and then I carry more, and I get nervous, and I get frustrated, and I'm, I'm, I'm consumed. And then what begins to happen is because I'm trying to live my identity, that my identity begins to change by people who I should really not give a hoot about in my life. And they begin to define who I am, and I start to say, well, is that who I really am? And next thing I know, I have no clue who I am, and I'm struggling in this. But then when I go to the, to the Scripture, God says, hey, you're my child, and I love you, and, and I've got a task for you in life. It's not just about who we want to become. It's not who others say we are. It's who do I want to become in Christ? Training isn't a hopeful experience. It's devoted commitment. To go deeper. Who are you? I'm not trying to have a better marriage. I'm training to have a better, a better marriage. I'm not trying to be a godly parent. I'm a godly dad in training. I'm not trying to be a successful person in life. No, I am an ambassador in Christ in training to honor God in everything that I do. I'm not trying to overcome all that has happened to me in my life. And it could be some horrific things. No, I'm training to be more than a conqueror through him who has loved us. You see the difference? With God's help, I'm choosing what I want most over what I want now. Because of who I am, I'm not trying to become something different. I'm in training to become more of what God has said about me. And, I've, and I share with this, this is an important message for me because I have struggled my whole entire life of who am I? Because when I was young, I was Connie Cohen's son. Reverend Cohen's son. Then I became Jill's brother, right? Then I became, I, I had, most of my life I had always been identified as somebody else and stressed a, long, a lot in my life about not disappointing those people in my life. 
And that's a weight. When you live every day thinking that you may be a disappointment to the people that you love. I've carried that into ministry. Not to be a disappointment to the people that I serve as a pastor to. Right? And that has a lot of weight to it time and time again. But, you know, what, I, what I'm trying to work out is, you know, at times I struggle with the discipline of this. And so, you know, a lot of times... Um, for about almost 10 years, I have been super dedicated to the gym. Not always the food part, but I've been super dedicated to the gym. Um, and it's not natural. My, my tendency is to do the opposite. My tendency is majorly to do the opposite. I would love to wake up in the morning, later, and grab my Count Chocula and eat that sucker down. Not like oatmeal and egg whites. That's not my deal. You know, that's not what I, what I love in life. Um, but it, it's... it's it's born out, out of uh, working to embrace an identity of what I want. And it's the same of, uh, of the spiritual disciplines. Um, spiritual disciplines are not natural. What I'm talking about that is, is I'm talking about regular prayer and, and, and um, Bible study and reading and worship and all those other kinds of things. It's, it's not natural. My flesh is not naturally doing that. Remember we talked about flesh last week. It is, um, it is born out of my spiritual identity. It's who does God see me as? Who am I learning to see myself as? There's a big disconnect, in, I'd say, most people. And who do I see myself as? And who does God see me as? Uh, and that's a huge, huge disconnect in many of our lives. So let me tell you how, how I'm, I'm, I believe how I believe God sees me. And I'm going to tell you, I'm, I'm, I'm working with that. I don't see it all the time, all right? So you ready for this? You may think it's funny. I don't care. You may not know it, but I'm going to tell you, I am a spiritual warrior. Thanks, Wes. Um, I've got a calling from God to lead people to become fully devoted, devoted followers of Christ. I help snatch people out of the kingdom of darkness and bring them into the family of God. It's a calling. I, I've got someone to protect me. And with that, I am constantly in battle every second of the day because I am a spiritual warrior for Christ. And because I am, that's what keeps me going every day. Many people say, Jack, I don't know how you keep going with everything that's happened to you. You lost your parents and your best friend and a bunch of other stuff and, that, that you're dealing with and, and personal and other things. Um, people know. Because... Jack, who you know and talk about, is not doing it. Jack, the spiritual warrior, with God's help and his spiritual power, is the only reason I'm taking step by step every single day. Therefore, as a warrior in training, I am in training to be disciplined to the word of God. I fight for humility, which is hard because I can be cocky at times. Um, because God tends me to lift up the humble and tear down the proud. I am in training to become more of who God says that I am. I want to be stronger tomorrow, and you know, physically too. I want to be stronger tomorrow than I was 15 years ago. And I'm telling you, I am in better physical shape than I was in my 20s. But the 20s, man, I ate some awesome food. You know, it was disgusting, but I ate um, And I didn't care. I mean, like, Big, bolt, big, like, things. Oh, anyway, you don't want to hear it. Um, I, I'm, my desire is to continue to be the best that 
I can possibly be and to be the best version of myself wherever I am because I'm in training for who God called me to be. And as I get older, there's some things that hurt more. There's some things that come out of the blue that I'm probably going to have to deal with the rest of my life. And I say, wow, I wasted my 20s. I, don't have to, I, have, I didn't have to deal with that. But guess what? I'm going to keep on going because, um, I, you know, I, I want to go ahead and be the best version that I can be in every single part of that. My body may look older, but it's getting even more dangerous every single day because I'm working out this temple of the Holy Spirit to be the best temple of the Holy Spirit that God can possibly have. And I'm, I'm, I need my, I'm created mind, body, and spirit. And my mind lies to me and tells me stuff all the time. And, and so when my body feels bad, it affects my, my mind and it affects my spirit, and it affects um, everything else in my life. And so, and, and so then I, I go ahead and I discipline myself to get my body to doing something that it's not going to do what others do, but it's going to do what God geared me to do. And then um, even on my way to the gym, I'm listening to, um, to my, my app that's reading scripture to me and giving me a statement and other kinds of things. And, and then when I'm on that horrific thing known as cardio, and I'm there, and I'm, I can actually bring something up, and I can listen to other pastors, and I, I can get some encouragement from the Word. Not every day. Sometimes I just need to, to just be filled with just something that's mind-numbing and stupid. You know, but what I'm saying is, it, all that is geared to be the best version, mind, body, and spirit that I possibly can until Christ says, hey, warrior, your, your appointment is over, and I'm calling you home. Because I'm not trying, I'm in training. Are you going to see me fail? You betcha. There's always a, a Twinkie out there when you're training in a diet. You always go to that birthday and you say, I'll just eat the thing. You scrape off the icing and then the next thing you know, you're eating a whole bunch of icing too. Um, there's always that failure in the midst of things. So why is it that you tried to change but you can't? Perhaps you've been trying too hard. You've been trying in your own power and there's a power that's greater than anything on earth that comes straight from heaven. And when you're weak, that power makes you strong. So I want to encourage you and I'm telling you it's a game changer. Change your mindset. Change the way you think. Don't let the devil tell you you're, what you're not. You're always unhealthy. You're always ungodly. You're always going to fail. You're never going to have a good in anything. No, no. Remind him, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb. I am victorious in all things. I am blessed coming in and going out. You change your identity, and when you know you are, you know what you need to do. You're not trying to become something in the future. You are in training. It is a game changer. It is a game changer. You're not successful when you achieve the goal in the future. You're successful when you honor Jesus in training each and every day. That's when he says, well done, good and faithful servant. And so when you run, run to win. Run your faith to win. We're not trying, we're in training. And spiritual training comes from the best trainer we ever could have. His name is Jesus. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, amen. All right, let's stand up. I'm a, let's, uh, let's pray, if you will, with me here.
Jesus, in the, um, for the, everyone in the sound of my voice here today, I think we as, as um, Christians have done ourselves a disservice by, by trying. Life gets difficult, we try church. Life gets difficult, uh, you know, we, we try uh, Bible studies. Life gets difficult, we try this, we try that, we try this, we try that. God, I pray that we will um, we'll stop trying and start training. I am so thankful that, that Lord, you see us um, not like others do and not even like we do. And, and, and Lord, um, help us not to buy into everything that, um, that we believe about ourselves. Sometimes the worst critic in our lives is us. God, help us not to be uh, thrown by the wayside by what people do around us, by the pain that exists when, when, when we see people that are hurting and in the midst of their own, their own battle and they've given up training and they even have given up trying. God, we pray that you will help them see somehow that I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you said I am. You are for me, not against me. I am who you say I am. God, help us to just internalize that into every aspect of our lives. Help us to, to change, not to be like what some doctrine or some churchiness says, where, where church has been horrible about this. Oh, we, we love you and we'll sing just as I am, but we want to change you to be just like me am. That's wrong. Because there's only, only one commander. And God, you have the call on each of our lives. This room may be filled with the next spiritual warrior. This room may be, be filled with someone who is, who is called to, to be the next Mother Teresa. Whatever it is, God, I pray that, that you will instill in them a passion to run this race to win. And for those in here who, who may never have ever given their lives to you and, and don't know what that all means, that that there's a lot of churchiness that goes around that. But ultimately, God, here's what we want to say. We want to say that we each and every day, when we're trying, and even when we're training, we miss the mark of the training. There are days I want to run five miles and I run two. But God, I don't give up. And I need a trainer. I need your Holy Spirit to guide me, to empower me, so that I can run this race to win. If somebody here wants to run a different race with a new trainer and your trainer, you want to, you should say, Jesus, I need a trainer. I need a savior and you're it. And so I'm going to put it all on the line for you and I'm not going to try. I'm going to take step by step until I'm running in step with the spirit. Do that and say, here I am, Lord, take my life and everything, every step of the way, all heaven will rejoice. So Lord, today I thank you that you don't change. I thank you for your presence with us as we close out this service. I ask that your blessing be upon the, the giver and the tither as we receive your tithe and offerings. Those who are visiting here with us today, we don't expect you to give. You're our guest, and we, we thank God for you being here today. And so, Lord, just anoint it and multiply it to further your needs here and around the world. In your name, Jesus. Amen.
good that God doesn't change, but he loves us enough, uh, loves us enough that he doesn't go lightning bolt for us to make us change. Um, everybody, I want you to have a great week, but um, I also want to rem remind you, um, again, next week we're starting um, the, the series Creed, um, and if you have somebody who wants to know about what to believe, uh, it's, it's a great series to get people to lead us all the way up to Easter, and I'm excited about it so we can really unpack what we believe, because um, they're showing a lot that even Christians don't know what we believe anymore, so we, I, really, I really want to go ahead and, and do that, and that's part of our spiritual training, right? So go work your spiritual muscles. Have a great week. Stay warm. Stay safe. God bless.